always at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cup back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Want to talk about stock up 49ers, especially after this Philadelphia Eagles game, because the 49ers came out and absolutely set themselves up for a big time victory. But it wasn't just the stars that came out to play. There were other guys that showed up. And let's be honest, if you're going to be a really good football team, a championship caliber football team, You have to get contributions from everyone on your team. It takes all 53 guys. I mean, Bill Walsh used to always say it's going to take all 49. Make sure you're always ready. Make sure you're ready to step in because you never know when your number is going to get called. And that was on display in this game. And I want to highlight and talk about some of the players that are stepping up and making impacts for the San Francisco 49ers. And it feels like every week there's a new person that's stepping up, a new player that's making an impact and making their presence felt in the football game. And ultimately, that's exactly what you want. If you're a championship caliber team, you have players that are making contributions from all over the roster. And that's what you have to do because a next man up mentality is real. And sometimes it's not just next man up, but it's guys who fit the scheme that when you need them in certain matchups, you can do it. The 49ers employed a nine-man defensive line rotation this week. That's not the norm for them. But they did it because they knew it was going to take a lot of energy and a lot of bodies to be able to slow down Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles' run and passing game. So sometimes you just have to have those players on reserves and just be capable and ready. Sometimes it's just players you know, right? Last week when we were talking about stock-up 49ers, it was, we were talking Brock Purdy. Uh, we were talking Ambry Thomas. We were talking Jair Brown. Those were the big names with stock up for the San Francisco 49ers. The players that we're going to talk about in this episode are also big-time names. So I hope you guys are all ready for this episode. I can't wait to get into it. But if you guys are betting, you need to bet with Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling with NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up-to-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four. Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played. From MMA to international soccer, head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. So let's get right into this. And I want to start with the offensive side of the ball. And I want to start with third and Jawan. Jawan Jennings was absolutely phenomenal in this game. And I had somewhat of a feeling that this could happen with the amount of playmakers the 49ers have and some of the matchups that Philadelphia was going to have to employ against a player like Jawan Jennings. But make no mistake, Jennings plays well against the Philadelphia Eagles. And of course, growing up, the Philadelphia Eagles were his favorite football team. But when the lights shine, he is the biggest of players in those matchups. He had his first catch and first touchdown in 2021 against the Philadelphia Eagles of his entire career. 
And now he shows up in this game and he has such a great uh, game, not just blocking, which is normally his forte, but also catching the football. And there are times this year that third and Jawan has been a thing, but really he's been a little bit more dormant than he has been in other seasons. Could that be the emergence of Christian McCaffrey compared to last year when McCaffrey there, Debo was injured for part of it. There was a lot of moving parts. We never really got to see this offense in the full array of talent. Well, this time we do. And Jawan Jennings is a big reason why. So let's just take a look at what he did in this game. He had three catches for 44 yards. And that's a 14.7 average, which for Jawan is fantastic. Normally, he's the guy that's getting the gritty yards, making those big-time third-down catches. He did that in this game, too. But uh, he was also able to get a big touchdown. He's running an out pattern. And Brock Purdy puts it right on him. I mean, those two have had a little bit of timing issues, especially on plays that go to uh, the middle of the field. Occasionally, Brock leads Jawan Jennings a little bit more than maybe he should. That has resulted in interceptions as well. So the timing is a little off between those two guys from time to time. But not in this case. The out pattern was perfect. Brock Purdy's footwork, technique, everything. Flawless. And Jawan Jennings catches the ball. What's great about this play is Jawan doesn't have to go out of bounds because he has plenty of space to be able to stop. And he does stop. And because he's a yak monster like the rest of the football team, like all the 49ers playmakers, he stops on a dime, and here comes Eli Ricks. And he takes Eli Ricks, and he just throws him right through all the way out of bounds and takes off to the end zone for an 18-yard touchdown. Just a great play. And this is one of those situations. You get your opportunities. You have to make sure you go and make the most of those opportunities. And that's what Jawan Jennings did. He made a huge play in that situation. But he had other catches as well. I mean, one of the catches didn't get a first down, which is surprising when you're talking about Jawan Jennings. But it got all but a half a yard. Fournier's ended up going for it on fourth down and getting it. So his play is absolutely pivotal to the success of the 49ers. And if you're going to go 72% on third downs like the 49ers did against Philadelphia Eagles, you have to have big-time plays from guys like Jawan Jennings. Kyle Shadan knows exactly what he's got with Jawan. Jawan's an interesting route runner. He creates separation unlike any of the 49ers wide receivers because he's a little bit different in his movements, and he looks slow, but he's not, right? He gets in and out of his breaks pretty good. And so Jawan Jennings has been huge for the 49ers, and his impact is in the run game can be felt all the way through because Jennings' ability to be a small and be able to block a big, which is a defensive lineman, has been something the 49ers have been able to employ, and Jawan Jennings was doing that in this game again. You get those edge defenders, you get Hassan Reddick, you were getting Josh Sweat on the edge, you want to be able to take advantage of them, pin them down, maybe pull around the outside with a toss play. Jawan Jennings is the kind of guy that can go get it done for you. And those types of gritty plays, taking on bigs in those situations, is, there's not a lot of wide receivers in this league that can consistently do it. But Jawan Jennings is an absolute dog. He goes out there and he battles all game long. 60 minutes, he plays you know, 30 snaps a game potentially. But every single one of those, he's given his maximum effort and making sure he's going out and executing at such a high level. So stock up, way up on Jawan Jennings after this. And I think we've kind of seen him start rolling. Imagine now if the 49ers can get this offense clicking and Jawan Jennings is going to start making plays for this team as well. Then when you start having those role players, right, those bench players, those guys that come in and go ahead and make some plays for you, 
uh, then it's really, really difficult because you're already struggling to focus on McCaffrey and Debo and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and you know and Christian McCaffrey, and now you got to worry about Jawan Jennings after that. That just makes it tough, but that's what the 49ers do. They have a bench mob that comes in, and Jawan Jennings is a leader of that group. You have Elijah Mitchell also that can make some plays. So the San Francisco 49ers' gritty attitude and yak monster mentality uh, is also felt within Jawan Jennings. So he's a trendsetter and a player that the 49ers definitely need on their offensive line. So stock up and way up for Jawan Jennings. Now let's flip to the other side of the ball because there's a guy that has gotten heaps of criticism during his time in San Francisco, and that's J- Javon Kinlaw. Uh, Javon Kinlaw came in, and of course, everyone had huge expectations. You just look at the guy, and he's put together. Physically, he's a monster. The, the height, the weight, uh, the way he moves athletically. Javon Kinlaw's got everything you're looking for for an interior defensive lineman in the NFL. And he came into a situation where the 49ers traded away one of their most beloved defensive linemen in DeForest Buckner, but also a pro bowl player in DeForest Buckner. And with that comes some expectations for the players that comes in and takes his spot. Now, it wasn't supposed to be just that situation with Buckner uh, leaving and, and Kinlaw coming in and taking his spot. It was supposed to be DJ Jones and Eric Armstead. Uh, but we had some injuries up front. Javon Kinlaw was thrust into the lineup in that weird 2020 season that was marred by no fans in the crowd and really just a different dynamic. And Brandon Ayuk and Javon Kinlaw's rookies had to deal with just a different kind of NFL. Kinlaw got basically no training camp, no work, and then he comes out there and he's trying to compete the best that he possibly can. And when he gets on the field, he ends up getting hurt against the Dallas Cowboys later in the year. And he's never been the same since until this season. 2023, I mean, a lot of people were optimistic about 2022, me included. I was out at training camp watching him. He looked really good. Then he had a setback. Well, now we're starting to see Javon Kinlaw. And we talked about this during the offseason. The signing of Javon Hargrave put Javon Kinlaw in a great situation because then Kinlaw has been able to play a certain role. He doesn't have to play as many snaps. For instance, in this game, he played 21 snaps. I think that 21 uh, is a good number for Javon Kinlaw as a rotational piece. And with them going nine rotational players, they kept Javon Kinlaw fresh. He can go as crazy as he can, as hard as he can for 21 snaps, and that's great. That means his pad level stays low because as you get tired, your pad level starts to rise, and we know as a big man that's one of his issues. But he, his pad level stayed low, and he is definitely playing uh, more exuberant. He's chasing down players. He's running. He's playing hard. This is the best role, and this is the best player we've seen Javon Kinlaw be. And we got to give him props in this game because he absolutely battled. And and um, we had a situation where Nick Bosa talked about the defensive line's focus was not about getting home and getting sacks, but making Jalen Hurts see them, get his eyes onto them, and not his eyes downfield. So you had to rush for a long time. You had to play the long game for the big-time rewards. So you were rushing a lot of times, and for Javon Kinlaw, most of the time, he wasn't using any sort of moves. He wasn't ripping. He wasn't swimming. He was bull rushing. He was trying to push Cam Jurgens right back into the, the legs of Jalen Hurts. And what the reward for Javon Kinlaw was for his actions and for his hard work was two sacks in the game. Both of them hustle sacks. Of course, one, Jalen Hurts falls down. Kinlaw had pushed uh, Jurgens over the top of Bosa 
and uh, Jordan Mailata, and that's how you get hit, uh, him on the ground, or maybe it was Dickerson, uh, but he gets the offensive guard on the ground. Then Jalen Hurts falls, and Kinlaw was able to get up in time and get him to the or get a touch on him for a sack. Just great hustle, continuing to work, work through it. And then another one, they were getting pressure, and he worked his way to the outside, and Jalen Hurts ran into him for a sack. But those hustle kind of plays show that he is continuing to work. I love that Eric Armstead came after came out after the game and and posted up on social media. He said, "Hey, put some respect on my guy's name." Uh, so he's wanting Javon Kinlaw to get some respect, and he deserves it. Kinlaw is having an excellent season, and I think it was on display in this game against Philly with a really good offensive line and a nice interior battery that consisted of two really good players in Landon Dickerson and an, a Hall of Fame player uh, in Jason Kelsey. And then you look over, and you've got Cam Jurgens, who's a pretty good player as well. He's replaced Isaac Somalu, uh, but he's done a very solid job, and most of us have broke him down when the draft came, so we understand his talent and what he's capable of. But Ken Law did what he needed to do in this game. Ken Law has been a great rotation, and we'll see. There might be a little bit more that Ken Law is going to have to do depending on what the injuries are with Eric Armstead. Uh, Armstead dealing with a foot and a knee. We know he went into the game dealing with the foot. The fact he came out dealing with a knee is a little uh, course for pause. The good news is he said that he should just need some treatment and he'll be back. We'll see. Kyle Shade had said we have to wait till Wednesday, so uh, we'll get more word there. But 49ers got Javon Kinlaw to go ahead and help him in this game. And that sack was huge uh, for Javon Kinlaw. Let's talk about one of his battery mates, Kalia Davis. I mean, number one, I was surprised to see Kalia Davis on the field. I, I don't know how everyone else was feeling, but when I saw Kalia Davis, was playing in this game. I was like, wait a second. I even said it out loud. I was watching with other people. Is that Kalia Davis? I see the 93, and sure enough, Kalia Davis is part of the rotation. And what were we going to get from Kalia Davis? What were we going to get? There was no way to know, right? A couple weeks ago was, what are we getting for Darrell Luter Jr.? You just don't know until you see him play. Well, Kalia Davis looked good. Um, did he look good? you know, great out of this world. No, but he looked good, and there were some things you could take away from it that you could be highly optimistic about. First off, his get-off is still good. I mean, when you would watch him at UCF, uh, just seeing that transition he made from being a linebacker to being a defensive lineman, you knew he was going to have athletic ability, but you wonder how a player is going to be able to use his athletic ability when he has to put on size. Leah Davis wasn't this size when he played linebacker. So, of course, you want to keep as much of that athletic ability while also putting on size. So, at times, Kalia Davis at, can look a little top-heavy, but he did not look top-heavy in this football game. One of my concerns about him as Ben, and I saw it in training camp, was balance. He looked very balanced, and he was going to be tested. That's This was a big test for Kalia Davis, and what I saw was a guy who got off the ball quickly. He put pressure on the interior offensive lineman. He had over a 70% a pass rush grade, which is fantastic. The number one pass rush grade on the entire 49ers. Now, he got 19 snaps, two less than uh, Javon Kinlaw, but he was out there hustling. And I don't know how many times I've seen Jalen Hurts break the pocket, and you see a number 93 chasing him. Now, he didn't always get there. One time, he, you know, he got, uh, Hurts got slowed up, and he was able to give help. But Kalia Davis was out there hustling. This is a player that's hungry to play. In fact, he's, that's what he posts on social media. He's been watching all of his other dogs feast, and he was ready to get out there and get something because he's hungry. 
And that's the kind of thing the 49ers are looking for. And imagine that. You've got a player in Kalia Davis. The 49ers had to leave him on the NFI all last year. So Kalia Davis practiced with the 49ers in 2022 for three weeks while his practice window was open. They were very impressed. They talked about it pretty openly, but they knew they didn't have a roster spot available. They didn't have uh, the ability to bring him back because they were trying to keep as many of those injury injured reserve designations uh, open in case they could bring back Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance or whatever. We know how our quarterback situation was last year. So Kalia Davis started on the NFI because of the torn ACL during the draft process, and then he ends up ending on the NFI. Well, later on, he goes through all the offseason workouts. He's at mini camps. Uh, he gets into training camp, and then he suffers a little bit of a setback. He's dealing with a hamstring issue, which not surprising for a guy who didn't get to play a lot, you know, as far as during the offseason or last season. So he misses a lot of training camp. Would the 49ers keep him on the active roster? They did. And I think once that happened and he stayed on the active roster and the 49ers didn't, you know, move him straight to IR once they got, you know, the 53-man roster set, you started to look at him a little bit different. Like, okay, they see something in him. They think that he can be something. And we know that there's been lofty, uh, you know, projections of what he could be. John Lynch said he reminded him of DJ Jones. And it's not actually that far out of the question. DJ Jones, as a quick guy, a little bit shorter in stature, same as Kalia Davis. Explosive off the line of scrimmage, same as Kalia Davis. Incredibly strong in the upper body, same as Kalia Davis. And so there were a lot of similarities, so I understood it. But you had a player in DJ Jones that had played defensive line for a long time, and his hand technique and his work was way different. His ability to use his hips to generate power, way different. When you got to Kalia Davis, you didn't see those elements yet, right? But you have this project that you can work on. And what we've seen is Chris Kacarek and Daryl Tapp have been working with Kalia Davis, and Kalia Davis looks leaps and bounds ahead of what we saw in training camp. Leaps and bounds ahead of what we saw during the preseason where he got a little bit of work. This player has been working on his craft. He's been developing, and he's hungry to make something happen. And what did that hunger get him? A big-time sack against the Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. Kalia Davis and Javon Kinlaw accounted for all three sacks for the San Francisco 49ers. But I love this, that the 49ers decided, you know what? We made an investment. It was a six-round comp pick on Kalia Davis, and we're going to get return on that investment. We're going to develop him. In a season where they could have easily moved on from Kalia Davis because they had foot, you know, they have Super Bowl aspirations, and they could have kept on other veteran players who came in and played better than Kalia Davis during training camp, they played better than Kalia Davis uh, during the preseason. They could have easily done that, but that's not the case. They kept Kalia Davis because they know what he can be. They're projecting his ability, and I think we saw a little bit of it. Now, he's going to have to build on that. Don't even know if he's going to be a part of the rotation when the 49ers play the Seattle Seahawks. He could be. We'll see what happens with Eric Armstead. But right now, we've got the situation where we've got a legitimate player that can step in and get reps for the San Francisco 49ers stock way up for Kalia Davis. Like I said before, just because stock is way up doesn't mean it's all the way up, right? You got situations where you had a, a floor for him, and now he's raising it up. He's still got a long ways to go to be a big-time player for this San Francisco 49ers defense, but highly optimistic about what he can do. And why wouldn't you be optimistic after seeing the way he was playing, getting off the football, playing with power, playing with aggressiveness, using hustle, uh, those are all the elements that you're looking for. The technique and things like that, they can continue to be taught. 
playing with leverage. Uh, he's got a lower stature, so that's going to be good. But he's going to be learning from some of not just the best coaches, but some of the best players around him. Armstead, Hargrave, and Hargrave with a similar stature. stature. Kevin Givens with a similar stature. They can give him a lot of pointers about how to play. I think it's great for the 49ers, and I'm looking forward to seeing if we see more Khalid Davis this year, what he looks like on the field. Uh, if you guys are watching, please like and subscribe to the channel. I really appreciate it. I'm on the push for 5K now, hoping to hit the 5K subs before the end of the season. If you're listening on audio platform, 40 yards cutback on Believe, please give it a five-star rating. Next up, it's Sam Womack. And last week, I had Sam Womack as a player that had stock up. But it was stock up. Well, now I'm, I'm stocking it up even more. And it doesn't have to do right now with defensive snaps, which is a good thing. Because like I said, I want Ambry Thomas, De'Amara Lenore, and Traveris Ward to continue to be highly successful and stay healthy. Because if they do, that's the best situation for the 49ers secondary. I like Womack. I think he's a solid player, and I hope he continues to develop. He's only in year two. Lots of time to continue to develop. But what we're seeing that stock up is Womack on special teams. And we knew last year Womack was a special special teams player. And when you've got injuries to guys like George Odom and Jordan Mason's dealing with a little bit of a hamstring, even though he played, you've got to find ways to make sure you're really good and that you're really settled in on special teams. And the punt coverage has been phenomenal the last two weeks because of Sam Womack. The, the fact that he, though, some of the plays that he made in punt this week as a gunner getting by, it was so good. Fox had to highlight it. How many times have you seen Fox highlight a special teams play that didn't involve a kicker? Never, right? It just doesn't happen unless it's a, a turnover. But Sam Womack was so good winning on the outside as a gunner and getting home and making a great tackle and keeping the 49ers being able to flip the field and have great field position. Just phenomenal. Those are the types of things you're looking for from your role players. Stock way up for Sam Womack. And you know what? Womack is capable, if something happens, of stepping right in the defensive back room. That's what you need. Guys who are capable, that give you depth at a position, but can add on special teams. John Lynch and Kyle Shannon are hitting it, you know, hitting it out of the park, but Womack playing well. And he's going to be a little bit thrust more out there because Darrell Luter Jr. is dealing with a hamstring Right now, the reports are he could be out a week. We'll see if it's more. Uh, but Womack's ability will help take away the sting of losing Luter Jr., who since he's been activated from the IR uh, or so from the pup list, he has been phenomenal on special teams. So uh, here's an opportunity for Womack to continue to make a huge impact on special teams and kind of make up for some of the loss of George Odom, all the while being there in case the 49ers need him in the secondary. I, I absolutely love what Sam Womack's been doing. I'm going to flip over to offense real quick. A stock-up player is Aaron Banks. So Aaron Banks was dealing with the turf toe, and he missed a little bit of time. John Feliciano stepped in for two weeks uh, and played pretty well. And when we saw Aaron Banks come back against Seattle on Thanksgiving, it was a little hit and miss. And the question marks were kind of there. Hey, you know, maybe Aaron Banks is, is not as good as we thought he was because during the first five games, he was brilliant next to Trent Williams. Like, those two were one heck of a tandem. Well, what we've seen is a steady rise in play since the uh, Seahawks game. He came back in this one against Philly, and he played phenomenal. When you're going against the interior presence that the Philadelphia Eagles have, the way Aaron Banks was, when you're lining up against Jordan Davis and, and Jalen Carter 
and you know the guys that they can rotate on the inside like Fletcher Cox, you have to be ready and capable. You have to be athletic enough to get to the second level and block you know the linebackers, uh, Moro and Ellis, but you also have to be physical enough to take on the big hosses. And let's ha- let's be serious. Those dudes in there are no joke. Uh, Jalen Carter is one of the best rookie interior defensive linemen we've seen in a long time. Jordan Davis is an absolute monster. Fletcher Cox is a beast. And Aaron Banks stood up. And Aaron Banks made huge plays. When it came down to it, the 49ers were looking to run to the left. And, yeah, you're running behind Trent Williams. You're running behind George Kittle a lot of times. You're sending Kyle Juszczyk that way, and that's great. But if Aaron Banks doesn't make the blocks that he makes, it doesn't work. If you stick someone over there that can't get it done, it's not going to work. Aaron Banks is starting to play really, really good again now that he's healthy. So it's proving that it's more about the injuries and staying healthy than it is anything else. Aaron Banks and Trent Williams together is a formidable left side of the offensive line. That's exactly what you need. Fourth and one, have no fear. We can run left behind Banks, Trent Williams, and George Kittle, and we know we have a shot to get a first down. Watching him on film, it is really, really good. Now, just like with all offensive linemen, there are going to be occasions where he's going to get caught. They're going to catch him. They're going to get past him. Maybe they blow up a run or they get a sack. But that is the case for every offensive lineman not named Trent Williams because the dude is unreal. But Aaron Banks has been so formidable as a left guard this year. It's really good to see him round back into form, overcome the injuries that he was dealing with, including the turf toe. Uh, He also dealt with some other injuries this season as well. But he is absolutely battled. And one of the question marks when he was drafted was his size. And I had that question mark. This is not the prototypical 49ers offensive lineman, you know, coming in over 330 pounds in an interior guard spot. But Banks has proven that he can move good enough and he got his body in good enough shape to be able to get to second level blocks, all the while not losing the strength of loving being able to drive someone off the line of scrimmage. To me, that is huge for the San Francisco 49ers. So Aaron Banks stock way up. And the offensive line for the 49ers played very well in this game against Philadelphia. But I think it starts and stops with that left side of the line as far as great play. I think you've seen good play from everyone else, but the great play was on that left side of the line. Those two guys were absolutely spectacular, and they're carrying the load for this 49ers offense. Right now, Brock Purdy, he doesn't have to worry about getting pressure from the left side. What they have to worry about is getting pressure from the right side. Now, I will commend the entire 49ers offensive line. You could easily give stock up to the whole offensive line. The way they only gave up 11 pressures to the Philadelphia Eagles, Pass rush, phenomenal. They ran for over 140 yards on the ground against an Eagles defense that was giving up 85 yards per game. Fantastic. So, yeah, stock up to everyone else. Just a huge stock up to Aaron Banks. And, of course, there's there's been question marks about every one of those guys. Colton McKivitz, uh, you know, can he stop a speed rush? Was he going to be able to handle Hassan Reddick? That was something I was concerned about. And Reddick got him a little bit. Uh, it was a couple of different situations where either Brock Purdy got rid of the ball or he got outside of the pocket, but that's one of the advantages you have when you have a quarterback that can extend plays and get out of the the pocket. But the truth is the two sacks that Brock Purdy actually gave up are from him trying to knife through and take off uh, to do the interior part of the offensive line and, you know, edge defenders coming off their blocks and making the tackle. But two sacks for four yards, a big reason why that's the case. He was going forward. It's not like the pocket absolutely collapsed. He was feeling a little uncomfortable Uh, But a lot of times that was because of coverage. And, of course, you want to see that, head on over to Patreon. I I do the all-22 film breakdowns. 
The first half offense and first half defense are already available. Go check those out. There'll be more coming out. Of course, I'm going to break down the second half as well. And it's been a fun breakdown. And then I want to talk about Oren Burks because while Dre Greenlaw was doing a, a point that happened to graze the cheek of Dom on the sidelines, Oren Burks was thrust into action. And, and, and Burks normally plays. He plays about 20 to 25% of the snaps depending on the game and depending on the personnel that the opposing team is looking to run. So if a team wants to put the Fournier's in base 4-3 uh, more times than not, then you're going to see more Oren Burks. Uh, but if they're a nickel, he's off the field. He's the guy that comes off, and they bring on Ambry Thomas so Lenore can go to the nickel spot. Well, Oren Burks was thrust into action to play Will Linebacker, and it, it's a little bit different. He's got more coverage responsibilities. He's got different responsibilities as far as the run lanes, uh, so it's a little bit different. Well, Oren Burks stepped right in, and you wouldn't even have known that Oren Burks uh, hadn't played Will that much this season because he stepped right in and did a great job. And he was able to hold up in coverage. He made good, solid tackles. You get out in space and you're one-on-one, -on -one, you have to make the tackle, and Burks did that. That's one thing Dre Greenlaw thrives at. But that could have easily went a different direction, right? When Dre goes out, there's a lot of momentum for the Philadelphia Eagles, and they end that with a touchdown. And it could have went a different way, but Oren Burks stepped in. He played nice, sound uh, you know, football. He understood his assignment, and he made sure he stuck to it. And there was nothing that he did that was really egregious. He did a very good job. Most of the time, he was right where he's supposed to be. One of my complaints on Oren Burks has been the way that sometimes he will go horizontally instead of getting downhill towards a play. I thought he did a little bit better in that category as well. And so you're seeing growth from Oren Burks. But how nice is that, right? You lose Aziz Alshire in the offseason. And that was really your three-man group that was just crazy good. And then you have Oren Burks, who's been a career special teams guy. And he steps right in and he plays well. And now here's the circumstance where he's going to be playing one of the top teams in the league in one of the biggest games of the season. And he steps right in. He, the moment's not too big for him. He doesn't miss a beat. He's assignment-based. He's making sure he's doing his job. Just fantastic from Oren Burks. Stock up for Oren Burks. And that's what you want to see every single week. More stock up 49ers. Guys who are coming out of nowhere to make an impact on the team. Sometimes it's going to be players you expect. And we could easily sit here and say, hey, Debo Samuel, stock up. Uh, Brock Capurdy, stock up. Right? I mean, those guys are all making huge impacts. But it's nice to kind of highlight the guys that don't normally get recognition who are making an impact and making an impact on this team and helping them become the team that they are. Because let's be honest, you are going to need every single one of these guys at some point. For these guys, it was this game. Next week, it could be somebody else that needs to step up. So every single week, you're hoping to get guys that are going to raise their stock and come in there and make an impact. Great play and attention to detail breeds great play and attention to detail. So when you have great leaders that are showing the way, you get guys who elevate their game behind. Great culture breeds this, I'm telling you. So the 49ers are very optimistic about the future. They have young players that are making big-time plays, and they have depth pieces that are ready to step in. It's just been fantastic. So thanks, you guys, so much for joining me for this episode of 49ers Cutback, brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Like and subscribe if you haven't already. Please share the video. That will do great uh, for me and the algorithm. It really kicks it out, lets everyone else know what 49ers Cutback is all about. So thank you so much. Uh, four yards cutback on Believe. 
Appreciate everyone for watching. Of course, more content coming this week. We're going to be turning our attention to Seattle really, really soon and getting focused on that because that's a big game for the 49ers. You win it, you pretty much clinch the NFC West. Plus, the 49ers have some scenarios that with a win plus a couple of other things happening, they clinch a playoff spot. It's getting close to the playoffs. I can't believe we're already in that last third of the season. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for watching. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.